0: Good morning, everybody. On your seats when you came in this morning are invite cards. Christmas Eve is one week away. Isn't that crazy? Um, And these are invite cards for you to leave, maybe in a convenient place where someone's going to pick it up. But the desire would be that you hand this to somebody this week or grab a couple of them, two or three of them, and invite somebody to the service on the square next Sunday at 5:30. Couple things with that: if it's raining, we will be here, all right, because we can't take the equipment outside. If it's snowing, that'll be awesome, all right. We can withstand snow, but our equipment can't withstand rain. And, but we're gonna have great weather, right? All right, pray the Lord bless us with that, and we'll have a candlelight service out there. We will not meet here on Sunday morning. We will meet at the square at 5.30. If it does rain, we will be here, all right? And we'll make that call. uh, Watch online, and you can pretty much know if you drive by the square and we're not there, we're here. (laughs) Okay, we're here. One of my... We've been going through a series, Christmas classics, and one of my all-time favorite, probably at the top of the list, is Charlie Brown's Christmas. Anybody agree? I mean, it is, out of all the Christmas classics, it's the one that tells the message of Christmas. When everything is going crazy, one of my favorite parts, and we can't show it to you this morning because of copyright rights we're working through all that but you'll remember it is when linus grabs his blanket walks out center stage and explains and announces the true meaning and story of christmas and you've heard that this morning as we've worshiped together and went all the way through the christmas message which makes me think How many of us have ever really stopped to think how strange it was the way God chose to pull that first Christmas off? Have you ever thought about how different that first Christmas would have been if you or I would have been programming the event? Years ago, Isaiah wrote, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I don't know about you, but if I were God and the world would have treated me the way it treated him, I would have responded differently that first Christmas. If I went to all the trouble to greet the world, to provide for its people, and then they disobeyed my commands, they scoffed at my messengers, and they even pretended like I didn't exist, I probably would have sent like a fiery meteor from heaven just to destroy this place. That's how much patience I would have had. But God's ways are not our ways. He loved the world so much. He loved you so much that he decided to come to earth as a human being so that we could be reconciled to him. But if I were God, I would have come at a different time than he came. I would have come at a time like today where communication is crazy. We have cell phones, we have satellites, we have mass media. I don't know if you've been walking around Medina sometime and the sirens go off and then all of a sudden in the city, they can make an announcement that everybody hears, right?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you an important announcement. The God of the universe has come to visit us.
0: Wow. Would that have gotten everybody's attention? I believe so. I think, man, that's the way I would have done it. Everyone around the world would have instantly known that the God of the universe had arrived. But God's ways are not our ways. He came 2,000 years ago when information traveled at a snail's pace. But he came in the fullness of his time. And even though he arrived... It took a very, very long time for anybody to know that he was here. If I were God, I would have chosen a different place to arrive. If I came 2,000 years ago, I'd have chosen to come to Rome, the political activity, the center of politics, or Athens, the center of intellectual thought. The wise man thought he would arrive at Jerusalem, the religious center. They showed up there saying, where is he that's been born born king of the Jews? But he wasn't in the Jewish palace. He was in a stable in a town called Bethlehem. Bethlehem. That would be like in today's world, us saying, Jesus has arrived. Well, where is he? He's in Seville. Right? Bethlehem? What a strange way to save the world. If I were God, I would have come in a different manner. I would have come down, grown as a full man, kind of like built like Miles Garrett, you know? Meaning I was here and I meant it. The first Adam came as a full grown man. I would have chosen the second Adam to come as a full grown man. And his arrival would have been accompanied with trumpets, angels, fireworks. Everyone would have known that the God of the universe had arrived. But God's ways are not our ways. He came down to earth as a tiny, unknown infant. And don't you think the angels were shocked when the creator of the world chose to enter this world his world this way, I believe they really didn't understand how he wanted to experience everything just as we experience it today. There was a star, a spectacular star in the sky that announced his arrival, but only a few magi took notice of what it really meant. For a moment, the whole sky, yes, was ablaze with angels, singing praises praises to God, but only a tiny handful of shepherds heard that praise. And I wonder, you got to think with me, I don't know if you've ever pondered all this, but what the angels' discussion was as they went back to heaven? What were they saying to each other? All that practice, all that hoopla, and five guys in a field showed up and they were shepherds, right? I mean, what, what were they thinking? What was God thinking? They had to say to themselves, you know, we got to get a better marketing campaign next time. <laughs> We're talking about God's son. What a strange way to save the world. Max Lucado describes Jesus like this. No one could ever dream a person as incredible as he is. The idea that that a virgin would be selected by God to bear himself. The notion that God would don a scalp and toes and two eyes, the thought that the king of the universe would sneeze and burp and get bitten by mosquitoes, it's too incredible, too revolutionary. We would never create such a savior. We aren't that daring. He adds, when we create a redeemer, We keep him safely in a distant, faraway castle. We wouldn't ask him to take up residence in the midst of a contaminated people. In our wildest imaginings, we wouldn't conjure up a king who would become one of us. But God did. God did what we wouldn't dare dream. He became a man so we could trust him. He became a sacrifice so we could know him and he defeated death so that we could follow him. John's gospel gives this description of Jesus as it begins. John says, in him was life, and, the li- and that life was the light of men. Historian Kenneth Lorette says, Jesus is the most influential life that ever lived on this planet. Another historian, Philip Scaff, writes, This Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, without money or weapons, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Muhammad, and Napoleon. Without science and learning, he shed the light on things human and divine, more, more light on things human and divine than all philosophers and scholars combined. Without the eloquence of schools, he spoke such words of life as were never spoken before or since, and produced effects which lie beyond the reach of order or poet without writing a single line. He set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more sermons, discussions, works of art, and songs of praise than the whole army of great in ancient and modern times, can combine. Aren't you amazed at our Savior? Really? Aren't you blown away by who He is and the way He chose to enter in this world to love on us? Well, if I were God, I would have chosen different parents. Again, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but Mary and Joseph, wonderful people, people of integrity, but I would have chosen more refined people, educated people, experienced people who could protect my son. How many of you parents are hesitant on who you choose to watch your child? Right? Right? I mean, some people research those people, Google them, ask for references before you ever leave your child with somebody for a few hours. And yet here, they choose Mary and Joseph to bear and watch the Son of God. Peasant parents didn't know much about hygiene, rearing children. Joseph didn't even know enough to make reservations ahead of time in Bethlehem. Mary, loving lady, but you remember she lost the boy Jesus for three days when she took him to Jerusalem. You might, I lost the son of God. (laughs) Right? This isn't a normal child. God's ways are not our ways. The young peasant woman brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. He was born in a barn. The first breath of baby Jesus took on the strong odor of manure. His tiny hands touched the place where cows sobbed and chewed, and then he took those same hands and put them in his mouth. Mary and Joseph didn't know about germs. No hand sanitizer back then. Very obscure. All they knew was the place that had cobwebs, spiders, and mice scurrying around. Not a very sanitary place. But God's ways are not our ways. The Bible says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Joseph had to be thinking The whole time. What a strange way. What a strange way to save the world. Think about it as you listen.
1: Must have been surprised at where this road. History. But Joseph knew the reason This is such a strange way.
0: I don't know about you, but if I were God, I would have dealt with the sin problem problem differently than he did. I would have been more concerned with justice, with making people pay. But God's ways, he decided that he would pay for the sin problem of yours and mine and let people go free. When Jesus died on the cross, all of our sins were gathered together and laid on him. 2 Corinthians 5.19, Paul writes that God was reconciling. One paraphrase says, God was hugging, hugging the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sin, against them God's ways are not our ways and man aren't we glad aren't we glad there's one thing that Jesus did that I would have done the same exact way that God had it unfold I would have had him raised from the dead I would have had him conquer the grave exactly as it took place. We love that. We love celebrating. We love the fact that Jesus conquered the grave and conquered sin for you and I. Well, you know what? I wouldn't have had him appear to people the way that he did. In my human nature, the very first people I would have had him show up to were the very people that put him on the cross, scoffed at him, laughed at him. I'd have had him show up in front of those people and say, I'm back on your knees, on your knees. <laughs> but God's ways, not on our ways. That's not the way God did it. As the scripture says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. See, you and I, we're about impressing people. We're about making people pay. But God's all about changing people. We're all about making a splash in this life and making our name known. We're proud. God's humble. It's never about him. I'd like to ask you this Christmas, what is it that God would do differently in your life, in your story? What is it right now that God would wish his Holy Spirit moved in your life and changed about you? Changed about your heart? Changed about your life? What is it that God would want you to humble yourself and say, yeah, my story needs to change right now and it needs to change in this way? James 4, beginning with verse 6 through verse 10 Over 2,000 years ago, the God of the universe came. He left heaven and came to earth through the doorway of a manger. He set aside his power. Why? To rescue and redeem you and to change your story forever. For under you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. For he is Christ the Lord. The book of Hebrews reminds us that without the shedding of blood, there would be no forgiveness of sin. It's just in our minds, if you're like me, you think, why would it be the shedding of innocent blood? Why would it be this baby who grew up to be perfect? Choose somebody else. But through this perfect, pure sacrifice, all of our imperfections were taken. Paul says in Romans 5, 7 and 8, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person we would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And for those of us who have put our trust in him, he redeems us and he forgives us and gives us a fresh, clean slate He gives us a fresh start. That's why he came. Because he wanted a sinner like you and a sinner like me to have hope. And he wanted to give us a chance to change. And so this morning, as we do every week, we take the Lord's Supper, we take communion together. A piece of bread representing Jesus' body that hung on the cross the juice representing his blood that flowed from the cross. And I'm going to pray this morning. I want you to reflect on that. What is it that God wants to change about your story right now? Father, we thank you for your sacrifice. That you chose to humble yourself and enter this world the way that you did. No, God, we probably wouldn't have done it that way. But, God, as we've said numerous times this morning, your ways are not our ways. And oh, how thankful we are for that. This morning, God, as we take these elements, reflecting on your sacrifice, And the fact that you entered in this world to give us forgiveness and grace, but also to change us. And so, God, may we humble ourselves before you and say, God, change me. Change me in this way, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, we partake these emblems. One of my favorite Christmas stories actually came out in the 2008 presidential race. John McCain was asked by Time Magazine to share his personal testimony and journey of faith. In that article, McCain shared a powerful story of something that occurred while he was a prisoner of war. He said, when I was a prisoner of war in Vietnam... My captors would tie my arms so that my head was pulled between my knees. And often I felt incredible pain as I would stay that way all day and all night. But he said, one night a guard came into my cell. He put his fingers to his lips, signaling for me to be quiet and he loosened the ropes to relieve my pain. The next morning before his shift was about to end, the guard returned to my cell and retightened the ropes, never saying a word. a a month or so later on Christmas, I was standing in the sandy courtyard when that same guard approached me. He walked up and stood silently next to me, not looking at me, not smelling at me. And he took his sandaled foot and he made a cross in the sand. And we stood there silently looking at that cross, remembering the true light of Christmas, even in the darkness of a Vietnamese Prison camp. Who would have thought that the birth of a baby could change everything? That enemies could somehow become friends, that hostility could be transformed, and that peace would overcome darkness and be changed into light. There's an old perfume commercial. I don't think it's even on anymore, but I remember it. It said, if you want to get someone's attention, what? Whisper. Whisper. You remember? If you want to get someone's attention, whisper. Well, God got our attention, got the world's attention with a whisper as he slipped into this world unnoticed and people had to search to find him. What a strange way to save the world. I want to leave you with one thought for Christmas. Look for God in the simple things, not the spectacular things. So much of our world is looking for an emotional high, a miracle to be a comp- to accompany God. Yet yeah, God can do that, but most often God is found in the whisper. The prophet Elijah discovered when looking for God that God wasn't in the violent tornado, He wasn't in the fiery explosion, He wasn't in the earthquake. He was in the still small voice, the whisper. I challenge you this Christmas to hear his whisper maybe you sense his expression in the reaction of a child or touch of a baby maybe you experience his whisper in speaking to an older person maybe you experience his whisper when the special song comes across the radio when you're driving your car I don't know when it will be but I want you to listen for his whisper And hear his still small voice say to you, I know everything about you. I know the number of hairs on your head. I know the thoughts on your heart. I know everything you've done well. And I know everything you've done bad. But nevertheless, I love you. I forgive you. I want to have a relationship with you. I entered into this world because of you. Listen for his whisper no his ways are not our ways but aren't we glad our way leads to conflict his way leads to peace our way leads to emptiness his way leads to joy our way leads to death his way leads to eternal life listen for his whisper Father, I pray this Christmas that we would do exactly that. God, that we would listen for your whisper, and God, we would give you full attention as to what it is in our lives that needs to change. Thank you, God, for sending your son. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and sing.